Welcome to Sound Medicine, mantras and music podcast, where you will hear from various healers, musicians, visionaries, and educators. Get ready to experience transformational and inspiring storytelling, songs, chants, and interviews that will uplift your spirits, mood, and health. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Gio. In this episode, we explore the meaning, role, and interplay of sound and healing and consciousness. Our guest is the incredible, eloquent, musical genius, Zan Moore. Those are my words. I don't know that he would ever say that about himself, but that's how I feel about him. In his own words, he's a navigator of diverse soundscapes and a connoisseur of vibrational aesthetics. In his world travels, he's cultivated a breadth of musical interests, including fingerstyle guitar, sound healing, Western classical, Andean folk music, mantra, didgeridoo, and Indian raga. He can uplift spirits, inspire us, make us smile, connect us to each other, and bring us more fully into the moment with the instrument of music. And he has offered kindly to begin and round out our podcast today with some live music. So uh, here's Zan. Thank you. 
Whew, that was beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Is that a song, Zan, that you that you've written? Yeah, that's uh, kind of a newer song. It's just that's the expedited instrumental version. The whole thing is usually a little bit more um, meticulously developed, let's say, and has some lyrics that are associated. Well, Zan, I'm really excited to to chat with you now, and I've known you for a few years now, and. Uh, just have lots of respect for you as a human being and as just a carrier of light and a musician and just thank you for for agreeing to be on this podcast yeah absolutely yeah. our friendship i'd say has been really mutually rewarding it's been a pleasure exploring all kinds of really meaningful conversation that led up to this and i think it was a really wonderful suggestion that we get together and have a little talk yeah so i um I know there are many people that would uh, benefit from hearing what you have to say, or especially around the topic of, of music. So I'll kind of see where this conversation leads us. Whenever I see you, I, I um, usually have a guitar around somewhere nearby or another instrument. And I know this is um, music and art uh, is and song and is a part of you, at least from what I can witness. And you freely share what you know with others and in all ways and music's included in that. And as I listen to you play right there, um, I can't help but think, wow, like what does it take to, to reach that kind of level of playing for, for those of us that are musicians or aspiring musicians? What, what has been your path and what suggestions would you have for those of us that are just interested and kind of yearning for, what you have to share or teach. Sure, absolutely. Well, I'll say first off that, you know, you often see me with a guitar because instruments make really good companions, both <laughs> in the sense of friends and the more we can kind of personify them. And even those made of wood, there is an element of them that it truly was and is alive. And they also make good companions in that everywhere I go, it offers me a way to connect to people, even if we don't speak the same language per se, so we can connect through music and melody and rhythm. And so I find that they travel well because they seem to unpack infinitely, let's say. So you can carry a lot while you carry a little. <laughs> and as regards to your question, what does it take to get here or how could, how, how does one develop musical aptitude perhaps? Studies have repeatedly shown that no one is born with innate talent beyond a very minor degree of perhaps learning faster than average. But otherwise, no one is a musical genius from birth, and that it comes down to how much time you put in. Now, there's a little caveat, which is the time has to be meaningfully dedicated. You can't just noodle on your instrument while you watch TV all day and they say, well, I put in all these hours. How come I'm not amazing? Um, focused time. But my recommendation would be if you really aspire to music or ultimately to any craft, doing a little bit each day is better than a lot once a week to make it a regular part of what you do. Mm -hmm. Even if what you have to dedicate is 10 minutes or 30 minutes to take that time and to apply yourself and 
you will not be able to resist making progress if you do it in an appropriate way, which would mostly be in alignment with uh, finding a resource of knowledge that exceeds your own. For example, a teacher or a good book or video, and then applying the methodology that they suggest. And, you know, for a period of perhaps a couple of years, not thinking too much about exactly how you want to express yourself or your own thing, but just developing the foundation of a craft. And then, you know, putting in that time overall will, it will pay off. Hmm. That's great words of wisdom. Yeah. Well, as I, as I, as I listen to you again, um, playing, especially right here, right now, I'm thinking to myself, you know, one of your favorite questions to ask your friends is what's it like to be you? So I have to think what to ask, what is it like to be Zan more as a musician and wearing that hat? Hmm. Well, it is a, a very rich playground. I would say, uh, as I have developed as a musician, I suppose I've been playing music, haven't counted exactly, and there were some fits and starts at the beginning, but probably 20 years or so, maybe a little more. Um, the more I have learned about music, the more I have realized that there is to know. It's not mm -hmm. like I am approaching a final destination and that once I wrap up a couple of little things, I will have it all down. It really has been the opposite, that... The further I go, the broader I understand that the field really is, and the more things that I would like to learn about. And so, well, of course, some people listen to me and they say, well, your, your music is very, uh, who knows what, it's beautiful or it's advanced or you're, you're, you're an accomplished musician, whatever they might say. say, well, from my vantage, there's so much more now that I want to practice than ever. And it seems to kind of expand infinitely. So that's what I mean by a rich field. Mm -hmm. But it's it is better than ever a tool of expression. Now that I have some understanding and aptitude in in a limited sense, but in one that exceeds most, let's say, hobbyist musicians, there's a, a lot that I can do with it. And each each tone kind of has developed its own personality in a way, like let's say, you know, of the 12 semitones that make up a chromatic scale, the relation of each and its characteristic, the feeling and the sound, it's almost like a, like a play of characters sometimes. I feel like that each one can enter the story and to say their part. And then as you switch between them, or the relations between them are very much telling a, a story perhaps, or, uh, you know, different metaphorical ways of approaching it sometimes i feel like they are uh, almost like cosmic spheres each different tone or frequency and that i can um, call them out almost like a like a magical conjuring act and float them around the space so that they may have their effect uh, i mean these are just sort of playful mental metaphors what it's like to make music but um, there was a musician who said, I can think and I can play, but I can't do both at the same time. <laughs> so to some extent, the 
the best experience of music and the best output, the best result of music, seems to come from a a flow state, one that、mm. is not that I'm thinking really hard about trying to perform well and who knows, watching my hands or premeditating what's coming, but to just sort of immerse in the flow and the exchange of. Whoever or whatever is around, sometimes that exchange comes from playing in a natural setting or natural area, and observing how the leaves move in the wind or the patterns left on the ground by tracks of animals. Whatever it is, these things too can convey that sense of aesthetic harmony. But especially playing for other people,、uh, the social environment, we are. I would say commonly more tuned into the energy that we give and receive with other humans. And so, if I'm playing and people are responding, then it causes me to kind of do more of that. It sort of enlivens me and in turn them. Or conversely, if I'm playing and no one is responding, then I can shift what's happening. And so there is a bit of a a tuning into the moment, not、mm. only of the, the actual tuning of the instrument, but of aligning my Thoughts and therefore vibrational emanations through the field of sound and air compaction and rarefaction, with exactly what is working to impart my intention or my thoughts onto other people. If I want them to be happy or to be contemplative or to be dancing, all these things have equivalence in the language of music and associated techniques. You know.、Um, More rhythm leads to more dancing. So, it's、um, being able to play that language is to play the language of emotion, and that's what is so deeply encoded in music, and why why music exceeds being simply mathematics,、it's、because it encapsulates so much more of the human soul and of thoughts and dreams and. So, what is written between the notes of sheet music and comes out in the interpretation of an artist is really that emotive quality and that expressive nature.、Mm. That was really beautiful, and you hit on a lot of topics there that I want to. <laughs> each one we could go down an amazing rabbit hole for the course of many, many podcasts.、Um, one that, that struck me was.、Um, One point you made was the emotion. You know, there's the mechanics of playing, and whatever the rhythm is, or or how you're moving your mouth, or playing a chord. But it's so much more than that. The the emotion that you're tuning into. And I remember、um, reading this book by Candice Pert called Molecules of Emotion, and she discovered that each emotion we have in our body. Has a corresponding molecular or neuropeptide that's released. So there's actually a, a physical molecule that's released with the equivalent of an emotion. So the emotion of sadness is going to have a very different、um, chemical reaction in the body than the emotion of joy, let's say. And I want to kind of get in, delve into this field with you of、um, of music as medicine. And it was striking me as you're talking that. Perhaps one of the ways that music is medicine is the emotion that is felt through the music within the listener, if you will, or the person that is playing and facilitating. And those emotions have a physical representation 
Um, and that was just coming to me. I don't know if you had any thoughts on the, that subject in general with music and emotion and medicine. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's something I just wanted to share with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd love to dive into that a little. Uh, you mentioned the physical causes of emotion through neuropeptides. And while that isn't research that I've personally done, I certainly believe you. Um, but it also strikes me that we are sort of impinged upon excessively by the common paradigm of science and medicine, which for all of its benefits also has a couple of drawbacks. And that statement seems to come from the idea that that the physical world has primacy and therefore anything that we seek to explain outside of the physical world should have physical causes and therefore to uh, give validity to emotion, we need to actually track down something that is happening that has actual mass, that has physical substance. And while that isn't necessarily wrong, when we tease it out logically like that, it seems very cumbersome because mm -hmm. emotions are something that we all have. And actually the activity of mind and of heart doesn't stop with emotions. So we could come out really convoluted explanations for all of the things we feel, but those things change much more rapidly than can those explanations. And so while I very much buy into critical thinking and logical process and even the scientific method, I just want to open up the possibility that we could, for my sake, we could expand beyond that into a broader range of assumptions relatively quickly in that I think that the activity of mind is indeed a real thing and that mind and body are two aspects of the same phenomena and we can't i don't know that we have ever experienced one without the other even with our experimentation in artificial intelligence and in authoring new life forms um, so the human being has both aspects that are completely intertwined so instead of saying, well, the release of these neuropeptides causes us to feel blank, or saying, I was enraged and therefore these neuropeptides were released, since the two are always occurring together, then they are simply two aspects of the same phenomena. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh -huh. And so it starts to weave us in a little deeper, I think, to kind of get that stuff out of the way and say, well, what are the effects of music on the body and mind both together? Because... We just call it body-mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it's pretty clearly evidenced when you look at the behavior of the audience at concerts of different types of music. I mean, it's a pretty easy empirical way to start because there's also a broad swath of evidence among lots of people recurring among lots of situations. You know, how different is it to watch an audience of opera or of rock music or of punk music or of uh, gospel music? These things are having very different effects, both on individuals and on social groups. And so even in that sense, it's hard to tease out causality you know was it the music that caused mm. those people or was it the people getting together and as i described the feedback loop with musicians were they creating a field of 
desire, expectation, and so forth that caused musicians to perform in such a way that the appropriate parts of their body mind would be excited. Right. And, um, you know, it's kind of a, a fascinating world of hypothesis, but ultimately it just brings me to think, well, what, what effect do I want to have on people and what type of music would cause that? Mm. Um, because while I am a very curious person and I would seek to know as much as possible, I'm my time here is finite. <laughs> Not, I don't mean this podcast, I mean my time on this earth. Mm-hmm. And so to some extent, I've chosen to kind of tune my own dial of frequency toward what I like to experience and what I like to create in others. It's a beautiful way to think about it and to live, yeah. Because I, I do play some upbeat music, like say faster tempo and more rhythm and because I want to make people joyously dance. And I do play some more slow music because I want people to be very relaxed and calm and contemplative, meditative even. And those are kind of generally the realms I tend toward. People say, what kind of music do you play? And the answer isn't particularly easy, but I seem to gravitate towards this idea of well, I try to be right in the middle of my three favorite kinds of music, which are world music, classical music, and spiritually oriented music. So I want to play music with a variety of instruments and tone colors, the world music. I want to play music with a high degree of aesthetic harmony and forethought and technical requirements that's the the classical piece and I want to play music that evokes a feeling of spirit by whatever name, whatever means the idea that we are potentially more than a sack of meat and bones and cells there might be a glimmering of deeper possibilities greater levels of connection some layer of meaning or of reality that transcends the individual and so that's where i try to direct my music and i mean that's why we know each other yeah it's because we have a similar um, interest in that type of thing you know i I play music that appeals to your sensibility as well Mm -hmm. and some people would listen to my music and say well i I don't like that i don't i don't care for that i don't care for the way it makes me feel Mm -hmm. i want music that makes me feel more You know, rock music is so vastly popular because it's solid rhythmic statement just kind of makes you, makes you like pulse, makes you want to move, makes you like, gives you the energy to kind of get up. And, you know, I, I, I do some construction work too. And every construction site I go to pretty much, it seems like they're playing like the local classic rock radio station. It really makes you want to kind of like get the job done. Like shoot some nails, (laughs) like whatever you got to do. It's like, all right, let's get it, you know? And so there's that. People, even if they can't articulate it, everyone understands the power of music. Yeah. And to different degrees, we all have the ability to use music to manipulate our internal and external environment. We can change our mood if we want to, you know, feel a little sad. We can turn on sort of a sad music or like some, you know, emo or something. Or if we want to feel like really upbeat, we can, you know, turn on some. Maybe it's reggae for you. Maybe it's pop music, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So we can all sort of be our DJ. And the beauty of being a musician is that you kind of, you have your own portable 
jukebox in a way you can you can play all the songs that you love the most and that therefore you committed to learning yeah carry that with you and share that with others yeah when i think if anybody thinks about it uh we can all relate to a song or music that touched us in some way uh and affected our mood and um you know this podcast is around the topic of healing in general and and to keep the energy of this conversation moving towards the concept of music and healing i was you know you and i've had a lot of conversations in the past in general around philosophizing in general around the subject but i was just curious in your mind we've talked about defining healing what is healing what what is your approach or what is your thought process around the healing and then how does music play a role in in that construct mm-hmm. yeah that seems like if we're going to talk about healing with sound that good place is to sort of definitionally say what do we even mean by that if we are saying well you are healed when you're in a state of health what is what does that look like uh, right because in a in a broad colloquial sense i think in the western world healing is loosely thought of as the absence of illness that's what we were taught in med school you know that's yeah. the definition <laughs> so all you have to do is get rid of the bad symptoms and then you did it but even now that, that just doesn't seem to be playing out very well for yeah. us you know we have all time high levels of a variety of chronic illnesses and conditions and um, depressive tendencies and mental health issues clearly we're not really looking at the whole picture so I started to think about what if we could redefine where the bar is you know how high of a standard could we set for health you know there's something that said that sometimes design is limited only by the designer's imagination so maybe we just haven't been very proactive or creative about trying to figure out how good it could be mm. and i've had the experience several times of meeting someone who seems to be in an optimal state of health and what that looks like is not just that they are not sneezing or coughing or have any uh, you know limps or ailments but health as i've seen reflected in these examples are people who are living a life of purpose they feel when they wake up that they have a reason to be and that they are offering their gifts to the world in a way that is reciprocated that they not only are harnessing all of their skills and creativity in order to create a meaningful work and relationship with earth and with society but that that is also supporting them that they are receiving um, respect um, possibly financial remuneration whatever it might be and that they are in touch with their aspects of not only physical health including the ability to have a highly functioning let's say muscular cardiovascular system um immune system but also their mental health that is their ability to uh, regulate their mood which doesn't mean to not feel bad things it means to have a meaningful relationship with joy and with sadness and with grief and to to not fear these things to let them flow through and also to have a 
a spiritual connection, something that I see as a common thread for these people. And I, again, I mentioned it in a broad way. It doesn't mean that they follow a specific doctrine, belief, or religion, but that it seems to go hand in hand with a life of purpose. Mm-hmm. You can find a true sense of meaning in your life. It seems to me that you're probably believing something more broadly than I'm born and so I have to eat to stay alive and then right. when I stop eating then I will die kind of thing. Yeah. And so what an optimal state of health can be, I don't think we often think about these things of do you have bountiful loving connections in your life? Are you respected by your friends and community? Do you feel like you have something valuable to offer to the world? You know, these are crucial elements to me of what health can be. And it doesn't take much to imagine what would it be like if more people or if a majority of people felt that way. They felt attuned to their internal state and that at the same time the path of their life was in alignment with a greater unfolding, whether at the level of the human endeavor or at the level of life on planet Earth. Yeah. Have a hugely different society and experience, I think, if the majority of people felt on purpose and experiencing health on that level. And we're not at the whim of their moods and emotions. We're not uh, overcome uncontrollably by anger or by sadness or by jealousy, but could have a meaningful relationship with these things in which they could all be present but not be allowed to drive the bus, so to speak. Yeah. And so as that relates to sound and music, then it becomes easier than in the really sort of limited medical context of what can sound do to alleviate symptoms of illness, Mm -hmm. which is still a meaningful topic with actual evidence-based solutions to how to uh, bring people lower levels of stress and create uh, an environment that is more conducive to healing, such as music in hospitals and so on but to speak more broadly how can sound and music create those those broader states of health and in this sense it doesn't seem like such a leap because many people take solace in music at a time of difficulty or of sadness and that lyrics of a song especially in you know in a language you know you hear a song and it and it touches you in a place, you resonate with that, you feel like what that artist was expressing is meaningful to you. And in that sense, there's a, a forging of connection across time and space where you feel that someone understands you and you feel feel seen and heard in a way that perhaps the people around you were unable to do or you didn't reach out for their assistance. And that that can come in a very pronounced way, just as a wave of relief and of well-being. And of course, we can trace physiological effects. Maybe there's a a slowing, a a regulation of heart rate and respiration and uh, other related things. But you don't have to measure it that way. You can look at someone who is feeling well, and you can look at someone who is feeling not well. Anybody can tell those two people apart. And so that's what I mean by health in general is just like, is a person in harmonious alignment at all levels. And of course, all levels is sort of vague at this point, but we're talking 
uh, body, mind, spirit, yeah. purpose, work, relationship, yeah. love. You know, what can we optimize a harmonious balance of all of those? And music has great potential to assist in that process. Not only in kind of like a regulation of moods. You know, if someone swings too far to one side, it's like a lopsided wheel. It doesn't roll very well. And so if they have too much um, kind of like in, introverted, sad, depressive inability to wake up and create something, they might benefit from having some sort of music that isn't, you know, a complete swing into like, let's say 130 BPM house music or something but something a little bit more activated than they are. We're talking about this person needs some energy. Maybe they have some, let's say, listfulness. Well, if you just, just crank that knob up a little bit, that knob of, of tempo or of flavor or of color or of rhythm, uh, it will kind of activate that person. Mm -hmm. And so we can use music to attune to people's specific circumstance and needs like that or, of course, in the situation of a, a concert, to attune a broad variety of people to a similar state of being. Yeah. Whether that is aesthetic rapture or, you know, release of pent-up aggression through a mosh pit or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah, so, you, so you're talking about basically an integrated way of looking at health, which I am completely on board with and in integrating body, mind, spirit. And, um, I can't imagine looking at, at it through any other lens. Um, and we're talking about really how, how music plays its role in, in inspiration, activation, alignment, attunement, and getting us, um, more of a sense of wholeness feeling more of a sense more whole right is really how we could do health i think health and wholeness are, are a related word probably coming from their origin you know there was a movie i watched um gosh the name is escaping me and it was about individuals who had dementia and um when when the music therapists were playing, they found out what they went to their families and they asked what their uh, favorite music was when they were growing up and they were younger before while they still had their memory. Um, and so they, they started playing this music for them uh, that they used to enjoy. And literally almost all of the people that you played their, the music would snap out at literally changed their state of awareness and their conscious they were more alert they were walking better they were more joyful it was it was, it was incredible to see this and um i'm gonna find the name of the, the movie and I'll, I'll place it at the end of the credits here but what it hits me is the effect of music on consciousness literally you can have different states of consciousness based on on sound and my parents experienced this when they went to a place called the Monroe Institute where they wear these headphones for a week and they go into a meditation and you play what's called binaural beats so you, one wave pattern in one ear another wave pattern in another ear and um, the wave pattern would end up in a certain hertz or a certain frequency that would instill a certain state of consciousness some of that awareness brought them to really almost out of body states um, 
my dad found himself in Peru, like looking down uh, from above, like from the sky, and uh, found himself talking to past loved ones. It was all pretty out there, and but it was it was real. And um, the reason I bring this up is is that one I would like to hear your perspective on sound and as medicine, but really sound as sh- changing states of conscious awareness and consciousness. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that or experiences that you'd like to share? And it's just, for me, it's a really interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, I mean, to my experiential point of view, it is absolute truth. I mean, it is, every time I play music, it is changing my state of consciousness. Mm. And, you know, there's something interesting that I think I read from... Hazrat Inayat Khan, who's a brilliant Sufi philosopher and wrote The Mysticism of Sound and Music, among other texts. And he was saying that to him, music is the ultimate art form because it is the only form of art that does not, uh, I'll preface this by saying he's talking about instrumental music. It does not, by its nature, lead to a specific picture in someone's mind versus uh, visual media, painting, drawing, uh, storytelling, theater, mm. these other types mm. of human expression, you're kind of you're kind of putting something in for them and you say, I would like you to perceive this. With music, if you close your eyes, there's no limitation mm. on where you can go. And there might be similar themes among people who listen to similar pieces, but ultimately... You know, I might listen to something and it would remind me of my father and you would picture yourself as an eagle soaring over a canyon. Right. And so the music itself doesn't dictate that. It is it is an invitation into a broader realm, a theater of imagination and possibility. Mm. And so many times I've played for people who mm. have felt like they have been on some kind of journey. And that is a little bit up to me but I feel like it is more up to them. The more that you pay attention, that you really tune in to the music that is being made, the greater ability you will have to experience those types of effects. Because I've played in a lot of different places. One of the best places I find to play is um, yoga classes, yoga studios, because everybody's in there doing a practice of awareness and nobody's saying anything. And at the end, everybody says, wow, that was so beautiful. Thank you for the music. Whereas I've also played at places like farmer's markets. And there it is, people come there to shop a little bit, mostly where I was going, they come to kind of socialize with each other. So it's, it's background music. And, you know, I can play some incredible stuff. I can play some music that I've had to rehearse for a long time that was brilliantly composed from different places around the world, and it's just kind of floating by, doing nothing. And then I can play, you know, one Hotel California cover, and everybody stops what they're doing and sings along. It's like, that's incredible, <laughs> you know, and that's that's kind of why I stopped playing that sort of show. It's like, that's, <laughs> it's not the effect I'm trying to have, right. really. Um, right. But what I'm, what I'm pointing out is that it is the key to the door is in the hands of the listener. Mm. You are 
You have the possibility to be the master of your own consciousness. And the music can be a tool. It can be a catalyst for that ability to journey, to put it in a a loose sense. Now, whether that is actually has a visual component, like you see yourself different places, or just a journey of feeling. You know, you listen to a, a Bach cello suite. They are replete with incredible details and twists and turns through his use of chromaticism that bring you up and down and sideways and in and out of love and terror and just despair it's it's fantastic music Mm -hmm. and so if you take the time to really stop what you're doing and to tune into a piece of music you can get a lot more into the heart of what has been created and what starts to come through more and more is to some degree the intention of the person who composed or performed it that's at least what I start to pick up on, because as a really a really brilliant musical teacher of mine once said, he said, the more I learn about music, and he is certainly more accomplished than I am, the more I learn about music, the more I see music as transparent. Whenever I hear music, all I can hear is who the person is who made it. Mm-hmm. Like There's no way to hide what you're trying to do when you mm-hmm. make music. Just as people say, when you look in someone's eyes, you can't hide if they're if they're being shifty or if they're being loving or if they're being honest. Or yeah. In the same sort of way, when you know all the tricks and tools and devices of music, when you hear it, you can't help but see through the devices and see mm. who made this and what were they thinking or feeling at that time. Mm. And unfortunately, the majority of music that is commonly available, let's say... Uh, contemporary and popular music, most of it seems to be made in the cultural wave of capitalism with the idea that someone would like to have um, recognition and financial gain. It has a, a selfish motive at some level. Even if it is beautiful music or if it's well composed, even if this person is very skilled, what were they trying to do when it was created? That really starts to come through. <laughs> yeah. That you make some really, really good points, um, and and really how how to listen, how to be an effective listener, how to truly be present with with the moment. And when I think about, you know, when I was taught meditation, I was taught, you know, you connect with the witness, and then there's if you have a witness, you have something that the witness is witnessing. So, and then you have the process of that. So you kind of have three components there. And just with music, it's like you have a listener something that's being listened to and maybe the process, if you want to call it that, the connection of the two. And you know, I was, as you're talking, I was thinking about um, the movie. I don't know if you saw it, but there's a phrase in White Men Can't Jump. It was a Woody Harrelson movie, but um, there's one part in the movie where uh, he was told, you know, you're, you can, you're hearing, you hear Jimmy, but you're not listening to Jimmy. You know, so Jimmy Hendrickson saying, you know, you're not really, he- you hear the, the superficial stuff, but what you're talking about, Zan, is you're the heart of it, and really so much so to get to the the truth of it, if you want to call it that, or the essence of of the music and the song. And it, it brings up two questions I have for you. One is, where does that essence come from? Is it truly the person that wrote it down? Is that is when you write a song? Is that was the song already in existence and you tuned in and that came through you, or is that something that's it's just kind of a, a picture that I'm getting. Um, or was it 
Like where where does that song where does it live? Where is it? Is there what is the process of creation in the music? It, it, are we truly as individuals creating anything, or is it already in a unified field that we're tapping into? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And then also the other part of that is how to listen, how to really listen. Sure. Well, so the first question you posed is about ultimately what is the nature of the creative process, and you know that is pretty speculative at this point. I mean, that's one of those sort of if you list a, a dozen or two big questions that humanity has always grappled with. For example, you know, the, what is the meaning of life? And that one has been asked for generations and not. Clearly resolved. So you've you've posed a couple of hypotheticals, including it's all out there and we take it down, or I am the one who made this. This is my thing for you to see. And you know, another one that used to be in vogue some time ago was the idea of being visited by a muse.、Mm-hmm. So in this age of, in our culture, we've dramatically stressed individuality, and people、yeah. really. Do think that that is a real level of being, because they've been raised that way. You know, many of us grew up with our own bedroom, with our own door that we could close and say, "My space is closed, my space is open." You know, people in other cultures sometimes grow up a family or two to a single large room, or you know, in a variety of circumstances. And with this idea of the individual has come, I think, a lot of pressure for songwriters, because everything you make, I guess, all artists. Everything you make is like some kind of could be a judgment on your whole character. Like, oh well, I didn't like your song. I don't like you. You know, there's this all、oh, this、mm-hmm. pressure. Like,、mm-hmm. where at the time of the muse, the idea was you were visited by a muse, and what came through, sort of came through you. But it's like, well, this this came about, and you can like it or not. But that isn't. I'm not identifying with that. I don't、mm-hmm. say this work is me.、Mm-hmm. And. I like that one a little better.、Yeah. Whether it's already out there, I mean, I think the discussion immediately gets too broad for this context、yeah. because we have to touch into temporality. What is the nature of of time? Is there a a real before and after? Or if it's out there, are we talking about a coexistent,、uh, multi-dimensional, kind of co-present eternity? And you know that might also be the case. But again. Speculative. Sure, I, I can't tell you the、yeah. answer to the nature. I of the thought you may、process. have the one answer, but、uh, you know, <laughs> at times, you know, say, I have another friend who's a musician. He's also a real character, kind of a funny guy. And、uh, someone said to him, "It's like, well, how do you write a song? I mean, like, I play the guitar. I want to write some songs. You play the guitar really well. You write songs. How do you do it?" Like, well, get your guitar, get a piece of paper and a pencil. Sit down. I mean, that's kind of what it takes. Like, no, no, that answer is really not satisfying. Like, like, tell me how you do it.、Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty much how I do it. <laughs> you know, it's like it starts with the intention. That's what we were talking about.、Yeah. You know, with、yeah. with what comes through is、yeah. why are you writing a song?、Mm. Because that will infuse the very essence of what you create.、Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. Writing the song as an exercise of self-development. I'm writing the song to further my music skills. I'm writing the song to express my sense of unrequited love or my missing of my mother. I'm writing the song because 
I want people to know that I'm a really good musician. You know, all of that, even if it is a multitude and in、mm. various parts, it all gets put in there. It's like,、mm. oh well, he's really trying to show off. He used too much ornamentation. It's like a little bit too flourishy. Like that, it's beyond the level of what is beautiful and aesthetically pleasing into the level of like, it's just over the top. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so that that's what I mean by like the the use of the tools and devices comes through to reflect what is. What is being? Who is there doing it?、Mm. Because the there's something I notice about music is that well, really all forms of art exhibit the same properties of aesthetic harmony and proportion. And so notes that sound pleasing with each other is no different than lines of different lengths that look good next to each other. And so visual art and、um, music and you know even poetry and meter and all these things. Aesthetic proportion is sort of the meta category that allows these things to conspire and to condense into single works of art. And so, what we find in music are the same things that are functional in other places. In very short terms, beauty is beauty, and some of it is in the eye of the beholder. But there are basic principles of order and composition that allow us to even exist. In a world without these principles,、uh, forms of life as advanced as our own that allow for the consciousness and cognition to perceive would not be possible. And so we have these underpinning principles like, hey, you know, one oxygen molecule, two hydrogen molecules. I mean, they make a certain shape, right? And they are certain sizes relative to each other. And that, in a way, sort of ripples up through all of creation as we see. From a set of let's say initial rules or properties and fundamental building blocks, the rest has fractaled out into the multitude of forms that we see today. And those forms include not only human culture and social organization, but the artistic expressions of those cultures at different time periods. But what we can see as a continuous stream through them is what are the fundamental properties that underlie. Harmonic proportion or or beauty、mm. in expression, and that's why while the traditions of world music have a tremendous variety、mm. um, of、uh, scales and rhythms and styles and all these things, advanced musicians of any culture could play with advanced musicians of any other because, well, you know, in the West we've been a little bit more quantized and rigid about it, and we're like twelve tones, period. Everybody tune the same. We're doing twelve tones. And, but Indian music, I've only had a limited study of it, but I enjoy it greatly. While there are more than twelve tones by using the semitones and the microtones and the kind of in between, ultimately you have approximately the same palette of twelve tones in an often you know a heptatonic scale, and some of them can be either sharped or flatted. But it is not so vastly different as you might think of someone says, "Well, there are you know thirty、uh, something." Different notes, or you know, in some some parts of Arabic or Persian music, they use quarter tones as well. But、um, what I'm getting at is that we discovered the same mathematical formulations that underpin all of music, which is you've got the single unit of whatever frequency you choose, and twice that frequency will be the octave. And, you know, and then the relationship of two to one. And the relationship of two to three will create the fifth. And so, basic 
ratio comparisons of integers, of whole numbers, is what create all of the tones that we use. And so music is just kind of the... It's really the exquisite icing on the cake, or really, it's not, it's not a very good description because it's kind of boring. What it is is really the um, fractal and rainbow architecture of light and imagination. Mm. And that's the difference between music and math, <laughs> is that yeah. you take the math in order to create the building blocks, yeah. but how they get assembled is a work of, of mystery and of, of spirit and of passion. Yeah. And these are things that are not easily pinned down by specific numbers or ratios or even advanced mathematics or even the most cutting-edge science we have has has difficulty in explaining even if they could say if they could measure and describe when a person is feeling great passion that still won't actually tell you what it is or what it is like or how that person will behave or what type of music they would write in that state right and so that is why i actually i studied pure mathematics and I got a degree in it mm. and to some extent I've left it behind because it leaves those types of important questions entirely unanswered yeah and while it still has value again I have a finite time on yeah. this earth I have to follow the pull of my excitement and it mm. just seems that the incredible mystery and intrigue of the creative process it just draws me much more strongly mm-hmm. especially when I can see the effects that that music has on people yeah. you know if I I, for the most part, I dedicate all of my free time and energy to music and have resisted, to a large extent, doing it for money. Mm-hmm. Because I had other things that I did before that I was really passionate about, and I said, oh, I'll use this to make a living, or a business or something. Mm-hmm. And it really sucks the life out of it. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, some people hold a really beautiful balance of business and art, but it's a challenging thing to do. Yeah. And so by not having to, like I told you the, the farmer's market story, right? Hotel California. Mm-hmm. If that were my gig and right. I needed to be good at it and people to like me and to have me back to do it again, right. I would have to play music that they like. Right. And so I have made maybe four different albums now and not one of them has actually paid for its production cost. But that's actually, it's kind of a beautiful thing. What I really want people to do is to listen to the music, hopefully, and maybe to enjoy it. But ultimately, I made the music because I wanted to create something beautiful. Yeah. And that might not be beautiful to all people. But the process itself was not about the idea that I don't want to be a famous musician or a touring musician. I don't don't envy the lifestyle that must be led to be successful in that vein. Mm-hmm. And so I have been able to keep it just in my own sort of terms and definition, a little bit more pure or unclouded by those motives. And that of course limits me tremendously in the reach that I will ever have. You know, nobody on your podcast will ever have known who I am. And maybe some of them will go listen to my music. Maybe some won't, but that'll be like, you know, I, the number of people who will listen to will be in the hundreds, right? Versus to, music's on Spotify, to even get a penny back on Spotify, you need some X number of tens of thousands of listens to receive a penny. I mean, it's not a very (laughs) equitable arrangement. I'm giving the music away, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So, but but I'm not complaining. I'm saying that is by design. I I do it because I love it. And because it brings me 
not only joy. I mean, it brings me all the emotions. What it brings me is depth and meaning to life. Yeah, music is a just a perfect and unlimited microcosm of the world in general. We're using the same alignments and principles and ratios as in the world itself, but we can do it in little scales. We can like make these play worlds in which we interact and we say, "Whoa, what's it like if we have more tension than resolution?" Oh, that's an interesting world.、Mm. What is it like if we have only harmony with no notes of tension? Well, that world is actually quite boring.、Mm. It's not actually the world we want to live in.、Mm. It is the moments of tension that create the beauty and the moments of release.、Mm. And it is this, you know, it, it sort of takes some of the bite out of the idea of darkness and lightness. And you know, will the lightness win, or some kind of, you know, that's not really even a, a possible question in my. Frame of reference in the world of music, but ultimately <laughs> they not only come into existence together, but potentiate each other.、Mm. And so it is through the dissonance that we find the consonance. So, like I said, it's just a—it's a kind of a perfect microcosm to help us at a high level. If we really get into music, to help、yeah. us mature emotionally and mentally, and to. Develop our consciousness. We're talking about the effect of music on consciousness. The effect of being able to play music on consciousness, I would venture to guess, is dramatically more. You know, I know there have been some of the brain scan studies done, not only for music but on people playing music, and the way that music lights up your brain. You know, if you're if you're jumping into a a Bach violin partita. Not only the you know the synaptic memory that it takes to execute some of those fast and tricky passages, but ultimately, in order to be able to play that music, you have to understand a lot about the way that it shifts and how there are relations between different chords and structures and shifts in keys and rhythms. And you are by understanding a single piece of music broadly. Developing your understanding of the entire composition of the universe,、mm. and that's the the beauty in some of those pieces. I would say that Bach, J.S. Bach, is my favorite composer of all time. Now I don't only listen to classical music, but I love his music. I I have two kids and、um, got a lot going on in my life, as we all do.、Mm. So sometimes at home and you know the house is a mess and there's like dishes stacked up and I got a million things on my list, and I just turn on some Bach music.、Mm. And in the midst of all of the disorder, I find this not a cognitive knowing of order. I find a deep-seated, like body, physical knowing of the perfection of order in the cosmos.、Hmm. And I can go about my cleaning tasks, and I can put everything in its right place, just like I'm playing a note on the harpsichord or something. It's like, yes, bring everything back to a state. Of graceful elegance and equilibrium. That is the purpose,、mm. you know. And so the effect on me versus like, oh, I'm so stressed out. I mean,、oh, I don't want to wash. This I think is a mess. I got to be up all night taking care of that. Just to coming into a place of like, this is the work of art that is our life as humans. We、yeah. have the potential to、yeah. exude our essence through our gifts, and as things enter our field, to bring them into a vibrational alignment with our intention and imagination. And so that music can have that effect on me, and it might be different music for different people.、Mm. But to me, it is the the music is so exquisitely composed at so many levels, and the the counterpoint and the harmonic relation, and it's just 
the more you learn about it, the more levels you find. Yeah. And so just to hear it and, you know, to listen to some of the Bach fugues where there's so much going on at once that you only have the ability to track either a single piece or the effect of the whole. It's just, it just does something to me. Yeah. And I, I think I, I best described it by being, having a deep knowing and a, an immediate experience of the perfect order That's that beautiful. surrounds us. So that, I mean, from a first person perspective, that is one of the most profound examples I can give of the effect of music on consciousness. It took what could have been a really unpleasant moment and turned it into a joyous mm. devotional celebration. And that's, I mean, that's what, what Bach probably would have said if he was here. It's like, music is a gift from God for us to use in his worship. You know, Bach lived in a time that, that is sort of how religion was phrased, mm. but to bring it into our own time or our own terms you could you know take out the word his and make some other adjustments but music is a divine gift and it is a tool to link us up to that higher potential and whether our higher potential is just a state of holistic health which is it's a fairly politically correct thing to talk about or if you want to take it to the level of music is a tool for us to reach divine connection or to realize to say that in another word to realize how we are connected to all things and how we are all interwoven into an infinite tapestry of beings with no beginning or end. You know, it's all, we're saying the same thing in different words here. Yeah, like absolutely. Music is, in fact, the thing that is allowing us to transcend the distinctions of these words and to reach a commonality of experience that is ineffable, that can't actually be described by our language. I'm speechless. Really. <laughs> I just want to let that sink in. I'm going to listen to this podcast myself over and over again. <laughs> really, Zan, it's beautiful. I, I've heard you talk about um, what it is to live a life of passion and, uh, and um, in terms of just the intention of beautifying the world, making the world a more beautiful place. And I just really want to express my sincere thanks for for your example of living this this your example of what it is to not go for all the money because you could you could be out there making a lot of money playing music as you do and doing the Hotel California thing you know but you've taken this road and it's it's such a beautiful 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 life that you lead i really do see that and i know and i hope sincerely that hundreds of thousands of people listen to this and hear you and connect and because you know there's just about anybody that i talk to that listens to you and 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 spends time with you in a musical sense is inspired to pick up an instrument themselves and i think that says a lot really um just to have that that passion that desire to reach for these states that you're talking about in communion with a higher state of god awareness or spiritual connection through music it's uh, to inspire that is what you do is what i see and um and way more than that but i, I just i just wanted to express that to you and thank you and um 
I'd like to ask you um, when you go get home uh, to your home uh, to would you mind maybe forwarding some music for our listeners that fall in the categories that you'd mentioned of world music and um, and spiritual music um, and classical music that and you think we may like. Sure. Well, either yeah, from your own to. musical background or what you've played or others, I'd like mm-hmm. to share that. And um, I know you have your guitar here. Would you mind rounding, uh, kind of bringing this to a, a beautiful conclusion, if you will, or that's not the right word, but with some music that's kind of that's inspired through your talk, whatever's coming through right now? Sure, yeah. And uh, just as I grab my guitar and get it set up here, I thought I'd mention that my understanding is that your podcast is about uh, sound as medicine. And we have certainly talked about that in a specific way, but we talked more about uh, how music is life. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd point out just to kind of uh, tie it in a little bit that um, sound and medicine... There are certainly ways, I mean, we, our conversation could have taken a bent that is, of course, about sound itself and how it's vibration and that vibration can affect our vibratory nature. But all that we've taken the leap is to say a succession of sounds that are pieced together in a way that is harmonious, That that's how you get to music pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. And so what the medicine can be, I think we made the leap to say, well, how good could it get? Like, what is the best possible life we could lead? And how can these successions of well-proportioned sounds assist us in that aid? So hmm. so we were kind of down like a little niche, but I think that's how it might tie in. I think that's beautifully put. And uh, for those that do want to connect with you in some way, listening to more of your music or in that sense, would they? How would they find you? Looking up Zan Moore, I know you play in a group band called Raganova, and is it, yeah. Would you like to so say anything about that? I'll list a couple, and any of these would pretty much take you there. You could go to zansounds.com, and that would link you into a couple of my solo records. Or you could go to raganova.com, R-A-G-A-N-O-V-A. And that would link you into some of this sort of collaborative world fusion project I have going. I love the new album, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. That was really fun to put together. And both of those you can find in all of the places where music is found. However, if you're looking up just my name, Zan, on, for example, Spotify, there might be 15 other artists with that name. So it would help if you also searched at the same time for the title of the most recent release, which is Essence. So if you type in Zan essence into a music search engine that should help tune you into that there aren't too many other raga novas out there so if you get something that sounds like electronic music you're definitely in the wrong place but if you get to the raga nova that sounds like uh you know like um sort of brazilian samba latin indian sitar fusion kind of thing then you're definitely that's us <laughs> thanks man. Uh, let's see here whenever you're inspired Thank you.
It's been a pleasure talking with you, and I wish for everyone who is listening 
all of the best things, joy and abundance and fulfillment, and that your interest in this path may bring not only deeper meaning to your life, but great health to all whom you encounter and share with your knowledge, whether it is through your actions or your words or the sounds that you create. And sow the seeds of harmony wherever we walk to bring things into greater alignment for the good of all. Amen. Tadastu. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you for joining us on Sound Medicine, Mantras and Music. If you are enjoying the podcasts, click subscribe. To access other episodes, more interviews, and music, please visit our website at www.mantrasandmusic.com. That's www.mantrasandmusic.com. Join us next Thursday for the release of our newest episode. Thanks again for your support. See you next week.